God's Plan. That is more than just a very popular Drake song. With a God that is in control, all-powerful, and all-knowing, all while existing completely independent from everything he has created, including time itself, he still found it suitable to craft a plan for each and every one of us. It's a lot when we try to wrap our heads around it. Sometimes we live our lives or witness the lives of others, and we can see what he had in store for us and those around us, and it affirms his goodness and his love. And sometimes it just doesn't, and it bothers us, troubles us even, and presents a problem, but also a choice to trust his plan, even when it doesn't make sense. We figure as Christians, you have wrestled with this thought too, so we're not going to shy away from it either. In this episode, we reflect on when we have seen God's plan in our lives and the lives of others, when we understood it, when we didn't, and what we ultimately do with that as followers of Jesus. Welcome to the Religion Podcast with Adam and Blake, where a couple of broken dudes ask a bunch of questions about the answer and the life that comes with living for it. Religion Podcast, I'm Blake. I'm Adam. And we are here on a very icy, ice, ice baby kind of day. Yeah, it's it's rough. Yeah. Uh, roads are clear, thank you. A little snow, a little ice. A little snow, Trees a little broken. Ice. Crunchy, crunchy, crunchy grass. But luckily, electricity stayed up and we're good to go. And so. internet access is available. So you're getting this podcast whether you want it or not. You don't, you don't, we don't have the, oh man, maybe they're going to miss this podcast because of the weather. Nope. Uh, and in your neck of the woods, you may not even have bad weather. You may be just experience uh, good weather and sunshine and all that fun stuff. We have a listener in France. Consistently? I don't know. They were there once. <laughs> they, so they, if you're in France and you're listening to this, yeah. reach out to us. Let us know who you are Yes, and how you stumbled upon this. Yes, for sure. Yeah, I'm really intrigued. Speaking of uh, reaching out to us, we have uh, several ways you can get in touch with us on social media. We have the, you can find the Religion Podcast on Facebook. You can find us uh, in on Instagram. You can find our Real Talks, these little videos that we shoot for the YouTube channel. And if you want to email us, talking to you, person in France, religionpod at gmail.com. And all those are spelled R-E-A-L-I-G-I-O-N. So one thing that I wanted to, to say right out of the gate is this is being recorded. And by the time you hear this, it'll have been probably a solid week since the Super Bowl. And you may have already gotten over your the thought of Tom Brady earning another Super Bowl ring. Yeah. But but here's the thing. In in the podcast episode that we had where we talked about how listen, if God's in control, you can't get you know, when we talked about politics and stuff, it's like if God's in control, you can't get necessarily mad at him for who he puts up in certain things. We can't get mad. We can't really get that mad because if really think about it, God wanted Tom Brady to have seven Super Bowl rings. Well, or he's allowed it to happen. Yes. Why do good things happen to bad people? <laughs> so that's that's one thing that I've kind of come to grips with. If you're a Brady fan, that's fine. Listen to this. Don't don't let that turn you off. Yeah, exactly. If you're not, 
join the crowd. <laughs> but yeah, he doesn't bother me as bad as he used to when he was with the Patriots. So yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. We're starting to blog a little. Starting to blog a little, mainly yeah. you, but yeah, it's good. So uh, that's something that's happening. We're going to. It's part of the website that is under construction at the moment and almost almost finished, I believe. Yeah. This episode that you're hearing right now is completely because you all wanted us to talk about this. We put up to a Facebook poll. We gave about four different choices. And this was the one that won handily, which is just the idea of trusting God's plan, even when we don't understand it. So apparently you all don't want us to get into some lighthearted stuff because this, yeah. is, this is not a, a lighthearted topic no. for a lot of people. I think they like to see us squirm. <laughs> they like to see us. They like to put us in in a jam and see if we can get our way out of it. Yeah. We're going to talk about this, and you know, we sort of understand that this is some really heavy stuff. This is some, this is some personal stuff. This is personal stuff. Yeah. This is tough stuff. Almost, I think everyone and everyone who's listening to this, and everyone who hasn't listened to this, probably has instances where they are going to be asking a lot of the questions that we're asking. They're going to be talking. They're going to have experiences where things totally makes sense and things times where things just totally don't and they just kind of have to sit with it yeah and live with it and struggle with it or wrestle with it and it's possible that we've talked about making this a part of a, a short series yes digging into you know some stuff off of this so uh, i don't know i feel like there's a lot of meat on the bone here and we're not going to definitely get through it all today but uh, maybe this will get you know get people thinking get you thinking about times that god has been present in your life and maybe times that you've wondered where he was. Yeah, for and sure. It's okay to, you know, to have those questions. Uh, you know, you sometimes, I think you sent a quote the other day. What was it that it said? Pastor Tony Evans in one of his uh, sermons that he gave about, uh, I think it was like in February, 2020, he said, uh, and this was a sermon that he gave within, I believe weeks to a month of his wife passing away from a very debilitating illness. And he said, you can ask God questions, but you can't question God. And I thought, man, like, because there's been times whenever I've had questions. Yeah. I've asked, I've asked questions. I've actually like cried out. There's in moments where it's like, why is this happening? Our finite minds don't get it. Mm -hmm. And we want answers. We want answers to everything right now. I mean, we, we can Google anything, yeah. but we can't Google God. We yeah. can't just Google God and be like, what's the answer to well, this? Well, it's kind of like with a spouse, even with this relationship. And you think about with a spouse, you know, there's, there's times that you can have conversations and you can have questions within a relationship. Mm -hmm. But when you start to question the relationship, that's a line you shouldn't cross. Yeah. Like with my wife, that's not on the table. But we can have questions throughout the relationship a lot. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. You know, it's, it's natural. So, yeah. you know, we are allowed to approach God with those because he loves us. And there's times that there's things that we don't understand. And so that's kind of where we're going today is, you know, the things that, that we don't understand. Yeah. The things that we don't have the answers to. Um, and we know that he does. How do you deal with that? Knowing that he knows and, and yeah. we don't uh, without questioning him or mm -hmm. questioning his motives. Yeah. Approaching him like a father. Mm -hmm. uh, who loves you, not someone who's out to get you. So Yeah. And so there's going to be times whenever during this podcast where we talk about the times where we honestly could see God's plan working in our lives, whether it was 
in the moment or mm -hmm. one of those times where you get some distance from it and you realize, well, I know exactly why that happened. And it was because he had a hand in it. And then there's going to be other times we're going to talk about some times that either ourselves we've experienced something or someone close to us has experienced something that we were just kind of left hanging where we were just kind of like, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. And, but from there, even still press on, still have faith why you should have faith, even when you just don't, get it yeah and then we're also going to go to a pretty reliable source for that talks about god's plan it turns out god's word talks about god's plan quite a bit so we're going to jump into all of those things and because of what we're about to do you know normally this is something where we kind of have a prayer you know a moment of prayer at the end of it i kind of uh adam actually came up with the idea of just having a moment of prayer before we even get into this just to kind of set our hearts and our minds in the right place. So, uh, Adam, if you want to pray yeah. us into this, we'll get into it. Father God, we thank you for another day. Thank you for keeping your hand upon us through this weather. Uh, thank you for bringing us together safely today, God. Uh, God, we pray for this uh, podcast and uh, the things that, that you've shown us, the things that you are showing us, and the things that we know that you will. Um, God, I know that sometimes there's things that we don't understand. Uh, our minds are not made to, to understand the world and all the things around it like you do. God, you're infinite and God, our minds are very finite. So uh, God, I pray that you would help us to show these things, uh, to show that, you know, that we're just like anybody else and that it's okay to, to have those moments. Uh, but God, at the end, we need to always try to find our way back to you and we need to find you in these things that sometimes it's okay not to understand, but uh, God, we still love you. Just pray that we would do that the way that we need to Lord and that somebody would get something from this. So, God, we just thank you for everything that you do for every one of us each day and for an opportunity to share with these people. Amen. Amen. Personally, I know that whenever I think of the times that God is, I've seen God sort of make a move in my life and cause, and I can see where he's done something or had his hand in something. A lot of times I never see it in the moment that he's doing it. I don't, yeah. I'm not in it. And I'm like, and then there's like, for me personally, if I'm something has happened to me and then in the moment when he's doing something, I'm like, oh, I, I saw what you did. There. God's God, doing a right thing. There. God's yeah. doing a thing right now. Yeah. I can feel it. It's like that doesn't that hasn't no. happened with me. And it does. And not to say that it won't. But the times where I think and I can see where I feel like God has had a plan for my life. It's usually taken whenever I've had months or years to look back on it and see how my life turned out because of things happening the way that they did. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is, is I was talking to my wife about the topic for this week's episode and I was like, well, the plan, uh, we're doing something on trying to trust God's plan, even though we don't understand it. And I'm going to talk about some times where he sort of kind of intervened and things happened in my life. And she's like, Oh, you got a few of those. <laughs> and I was like, I guess I do yeah. because, and she even brought up something that I didn't even think about. So uh, if you didn't get a chance to listen to one of the, the very early episode where I, I sort of mentioned how her and I may have gotten together, but uh, so we got together because we were working at red lobster together and she was a bartender and I was a server and I was just relentlessly pursuing her and wore her <laughs> down uh, because she was in my mind and, anybody else's who looks at her, she was totally out of my league. So <laughs> I wore her down. But here's the funny thing is that in the process of wearing her down, there was a point in time whenever 
I got sick of working at Red Lobster. I was just done with seafood and Cheddar Bay biscuits and the whole bit. And I was like, I think I'm going to get out. I think I'm going to put in my two weeks and I'm going to go wait tables somewhere else while I was looking for a job as a writer. I was like a, a journalist. I was like, I'm going to just go work somewhere else. And she was sad to see me go, but she kind of understood that I was, that I was just getting sick of it. And so I went back to, but this, you were together at this point. We, yeah, we were kind of, and we were in the process of getting together. You know, we were friends, but we were becoming, you know, in transition. Yeah. I would say. So I went to this, I went to this, uh, restaurant like a fine dining restaurant where the tips are bigger. You don't have to work quite as hard. You get fewer tables, but more money kind of situation. Yeah. And I was there for a few months and there was a, and there was one time, anytime that you have to do anything on the computer system, you have to get a manager to like type in this code so they can void food or change something or whatever. Well, I just saw the manager do it enough times. Oh, see where this is going. Then I memorized the code. Yeah. So I, if I needed something Seems changed, efficient. See, yeah, exactly. I'm just, I'm just saving them a hate step. To, I hate to bother him. Once again, this is me in my early twenties. And so I go and like, if I need something changed on the ticket, there were a few times, maybe a handful where I was just like, look, I know her code. Do, 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 do. And then I got to access my check. I voided the item done deal. I go to my table. Everything's fine. And then within like maybe a couple weeks of those instances happening, I got called back into the office and they were basically like, so we have these, times where there were these voided items and none of us voided them and they're all, all in your checks. Mm. So what happened? And so I just, I owned up to it and I was, as opposed to being like, well, I don't know. Yeah. I was like, I saw her put the code in. I put the code in so I could void it whenever I couldn't get your all's attention. And so I just did it. And they're like, well, you understand that we can't like trust you to do work for us from here on out because you could just void anything you wanted to and you could rob us some money and blah, blah, blah. And they're mm. like, so we're going to like, we have to let you go and like fire you. Yeah. And so they told, so I got fired and I was like, I'd never been fired from a job before. And it sucked. Huh. It's like, I've never been fired in my life. So then I get fired and then I have no job. And then I'm like, I guess I could go back to work in a red lobster again. So next thing you know, I'm calling up red lobster. I'm like, so you know how I quit <laughs> a few months back. Can I have my job back? I'm back just kidding. Oh, yeah. Psych. Can I get back on the floor? And they were like, well, yeah, sure. Come on. And so I ended up getting back in there. And who's who knows what would have happened with if I would have stayed at that job. But I know that coming back to Red Lobster meant I got to spend more time with my wife Yeah, when she wasn't my wife, which gave us more time together, which only advanced our relationship. And in a lot of ways, the rest was history. Now, I hate to be rude. No, don't. Please but, be rude. So. Do you think that it was part of God's plan for you to <laughs> steal this code for some sort of grander? See, here's the thing. I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm going to say. Uh, I'm going to say no. Like, yeah, that wasn't part of it. That may not have been part of his. I don't think that was part of his plan. But that's one of the. You know, that's that's a whole other topic as far as free will, God's sovereignty, everything like that. So okay, so that's one thing. Now, the another instance where I was it kind of God's plan kind of slapped me across the face where he was just like, I don't know if it's like, you may not have known it a couple of years ago, but that was me. I was driving to get, to do a job interview for the job that I currently have at the university that I work for. And I got in a car accident on the way to the job interview, a block away from where I was going to do the oh. interview. And I was going to, and I was going to be on time for once. It was going to be crazy. It well, was that was be, your first problem. Yeah. It was, it was a miracle. 
And so I get there, I get in this car wreck and I go over to the, I, I, you know, collect myself, do the police report, go over there, walk over, do the interview, do all the stuff. So I eventually end up getting the job. Don't really think anything of it. And I remember when the, when the accident happened, I really needed the job at the time because I'd moved back from, I quit my old job. I moved back. I still hadn't had a full-time job uh, doing what I wanted to do. I was going, I was going back to waiting tables, which is something I swore I was never going to do just because I thought I left those days behind me that I had to kind of humble myself and go back and buy the slip resistant shoes and learn the menu of this new restaurant and stuff. I remember in the moment when I got in the car wreck, I think I literally either in my head or literally said, why? Yeah. Why are you doing this? Like, I need this job. Why is this happening to me? Like, I'm, I'm not just talking. Was the wreck your fault or the other people's fault? It was mine. So, so he's going, because <laughs> you ran this red light. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. You turned in front of the car. So I'm going, why, why, why? I'm like, why, God, why are you doing this? So about two or three years after I got the job, we talked, I was talking to my supervisors about it. And I was, they brought, I brought up the car wreck or something like that. And then they said, yeah, that car wreck actually helped get you your job. And I was like, hold up, back up. What? And she's like, well, you got in the car wreck and you walked over and you nailed your interview. And we thought, well, if you can handle the stress of that situation, there's not, there's nothing that we're going to throw at you that you can't handle. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, like the why it's like, I asked why, why would I get in a car wreck before I got a job? Like when I really needed the job. And then like three years later, God was like, that was why. It's like that helped you get the job. Yeah. I know you didn't that see it. That showed them something that they I know you didn't see it in the moment. It showed them how you operated under pressure. Hel- exactly. It helped you get the job. So, so speaking of jobs, <laughs> I have a story about, about my job okay. or my job now. Um, at the time, I was working actually at the same university that you work at now okay um in a different position a different role altogether we didn't know each other then mm-hmm. um but i'd been there for five or six years and this was the first really full-time job i had a small full-time job before this but this was the first like career type job that i had mm-hmm. um, and so i've been there for a long time you know for me i was you know my mid-20s and i liked it um, i found a lot of good people people that that were christians people that i could relate to uh, I'd kind of come to my own there, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. There was a path of um, some growth that I could have taken, some, you know, to, to get promoted or whatever. You know, I felt like there was a pathway there for that. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, this is where I'm going to be. This is you know, this is where I'm going to re- retire from. Yep. But then there was always in the back of my mind the job that I have now, thinking if, that, if a job like that ever came open to where I could actually go teach what I do uh, at a community college level, mm-hmm. then I would love to maybe do that. Well, that came open. Funny thing was, uh, there was actually my supervisor, my manager, where I was working before, uh, had had left and they were interviewing for that position. So I interviewed for that position on like a, a Wednesday. Um, little did they know that also I was interviewing for two teaching positions hmm. at the community college that I work for now on Thursday and Friday. So I had taken off those last two days of the week to go to these interviews. They told me, you know, hey, we, we selected you for this manager's position. I got offered the job. 
Well, I didn't know how I was going to do these other interviews, but I couldn't accept that position. And I couldn't rightly tell them that I was going to interview for two other places. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like this whole, like, which way do I, what do I do? And I yeah. said, well, I, let, let me just have the, the week off and then I'll try to let you know something as soon as I can. And he said, well, I need to know by Monday. It's like, great. There's no way I'm going to know about this other job on Monday. Mm -hmm. And so I went through the interviews. Everything went well. And I told him I, I have an offer on the table at my current job. I like it there. You know, I just kind of need to know as soon as I can. And obviously by that Monday, I didn't know anything, but I felt comfortable enough to, that I felt like I would probably get an offer. Mm. And so I turned down the job mm. um, at this other place, turned yeah. down this management position. And it was like, man, am I making a huge mistake? Because like, I really, I liked it there. I liked the people I worked with and I had a support system of good Christian people that worked there. So a few weeks passed and I finally got offered the, the other position. So long story short, they called and they, you know, told me I'd gotten the position that I wanted. And so I contacted the the guy that I was interviewing for at my current job. Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, you want to talk? You want to talk? Come up to my office. And he thought I was going to reaccept their offer. Yeah. And I said, I'm putting in my two weeks. And he was like, what? You're two weeks? Like, I thought you were coming to accept that job. And I said, yeah, I couldn't tell you. But like, I had all this other going on. And he just looked at me and he said, what are you going to do? And I told him, and he said, good for you. He said, that's way better than, than this. And I was like, really? He hmm. said, yeah, you'll do great. And since then, like he has, you know, been somebody that, that has helped me and supported me. He's not a Christian, but a lot of my friends were. And when I left that job, I thought, am I messing up? Because I had a support system there and I'm leaving a sure thing for a very unsure thing. Yeah. And looking back on it, things have changed at that job. And one of the first things I got to do at my new job was pray with somebody that I worked with because their child was going through some stuff hmm. and, and I got to pray with them and I went, okay, this is, this is why you've brought me here. Yeah. And, and it was like, I didn't understand it at the time because I thought I needed the support system and God was like, well, maybe I need you to be somebody else's support system. You have grown here, but now it's time for you to move on. So yeah. Um, Aside from jobs, because it's easy for us to get caught up in money and jobs and sure, sure. and stuff like that. Is there uh, anything else that sticks out to you? Yeah, I would say whenever we were in, the, considering where we live now, how we ended up living there, I feel like is something that I can't really explain other than God having a hand in it. So we, so we, the first house that we bought in Mount Sterling, we lived there for a while and it was a really nice looking house. It was, uh, it was an older house it required a lot of, a lot of maintenance, a lot of upkeep. It was giving, it was, it caused a lot of stress. And we decided and at some point we were just like, we're going to try to sell this house. So we tried to sell the house and we put it on the market for close to a year and just got nothing, absolutely nothing. And then at one point, you know, about a year or more later, it was completely off the market. And then the real estate agent just decided to show like somebody was looking for a house and he showed them talk, showed, talked about our house. And even though our house wasn't on the market, he's like, yeah, these people were interested in buying your house. It's like, oh, we're not even trying to sell it. Yeah. Like what is it? What is happening? So, so he, he has this whole big thing lined up where, you know, he's got, he's fixing to make a bunch of money off this. Cause he's got like, He's selling this person's house who wants to buy this person's house yeah. who's representing it's like a domino effect. Yeah. So he and so then we're like, we're even planning on buying a house and we're like, okay, we're going to try to, I guess we're going to try to sell our house now. These people want to buy our house. Let's just try to sell it. And so then we found a house that wasn't the house that we're living at. 
now, but we were sure that we, we wanted to buy this house. We put an offer in on it and everything else. And that was one that this was one, honestly, some of the first times that my prayers changed. Huh. And I was like, I honestly, because like I've told you before, and I've said it in previous episodes, I was, I prayed when I wanted something. I yeah. prayed, I was like, God, give me, God, give me whatever. You know, that, that was mainly the times I ever prayed to him. So whenever I prayed about this housing situation, I was like, God, if you want us there, put us there. If you don't, don't. I'm leaving it up to you. Whatever you, yeah, you're whatever you got for me. So the people that were going to buy our house backed out after the inspection, mm -hmm. which means we couldn't obviously buy the house we were planning on mm -hmm. buying. So then my dad, who lived about in a cul-de-sac about two or three minutes away from us, let us know about a house across the street from him that was up for auction. And we were like, and he was even like, listen, I want you here. If I have to help put, help you with the down payment, like I'll put you here. So we bid on the house three separate times. We were the person who got the house three separate times because every time that we got it, they were like, sorry, you didn't meet the reserve. And then they held the auction again and we bid on again. And then they're like, sorry, you didn't meet the reserve. And then after a while they realized they ain't going to sell this house unless they sell it to us at this price. This and, price. Then, and then they were like, Okay. So then, so good news is we're about to buy a house across the street from my dad. Bad news is we hadn't sold our other house at all. The house that sat on the market for year. a year plus yeah, and couldn't budge. So we decided to put our house on the market. We put it and we went through my wife's friend who was a realtor. We put it on the market on a Friday. We showed it on a Sunday. We sold it on Tuesday. Wow. At asking price. And by the time that we worked with the person on the loan and stuff, like all our big concern was like, oh my gosh, we're about to have two mortgages. We're about to have two yeah. sets of bills. By the time that we got everything straightened out and it was all transferred over at the right time, we didn't have to pay anything on the old house. Not a mortgage payment, not a utility payment, yeah. not nothing. And God's like, oh yeah, this is your plan. I see you and I raise you. Yeah, exactly. So, and that was another one of those situations where the house that we're living in now, I was like, God, you want us there, put us there. Yeah. If you don't, don't. And that's where we're at. So it's it crazy. Just, it was just one of those situations where like, I can't chalk it up. To yeah. It's else. one of those cases where it's completely out of your hands and so many pieces have to fall in place that it, you almost can't see how it happened without God. Yeah. And you see it and you see it after the fact, you see it in the moment and you're just like, okay, now, like whenever we showed the house and we spent, a, it was a year on the market and nothing. And then we were like, okay, we're, we'll just, I hope that we get what we want and I hope we get it soon because we're not going to be able to afford to make all these payments. And then all of a sudden it's like on the market, on the market one day, two days, it's shown two, two days later, it's shown two more days later, it's sold. It's like, how's that? I was like, I, I had this. Yeah. So I saw this all. Yeah. And so, and so I'm not the only, you know, I'm talking. We've that kind of seems to be the theme of like, I think we've talked God's perspective being different than ours. Yeah. You know, that I think that I shared you a casting crown song that already there mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, you're seeing it from street level. Mm -hmm. He's seeing it from above. Yeah. And his perspective is from the beginning to the end, from the beginning of time until the end of eternity. Mm -hmm. And ours is right now literally a blink yeah. in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. So one of those weird things for us, kind of um, a little different change, changing gears is uh, I think we've mentioned it here a little bit that I 
we we changed churches. I grew up in church with my parents. My dad is a pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, has been at that church for a long time. I was a youth pastor there. Um, done a bunch of stuff there. Really, you know, involved there. My wife and I were uh, we're going there. We went there since we were dating, and uh, we had one kid, and then we had just had a, our second child, or we we were expecting our second child. We had started visiting the church that we attend now which is where you and I met mm-hmm. uh, kind of a confirmation that, you know, it was a good decision. I think Yeah, uh, I kept thinking like, I need to make sure that I can leave my family mm-hmm. uh, that we can, we can leave this family apart from, you know, my parents or, you know, yeah. my, this support system. Like we had decided that we were going to go to this, other, go to this church and this was going to become our church. But I knew that it was going to be a really hard decision mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, families involved and, you know, these are people I've known my whole life and, uh, you know, am I abandoning my parents and you know making things harder on them? You know, I'm trying to help them. And do I really believe what I say I believe yeah. or are we just playing church? Mm. And so it was like, I need to go somewhere different to see if this is where we are, you know? Yeah. And so we were getting ready to leave. We were, I think we maybe even talked to my parents about it a little bit. And there was this older man in our church. Uh, his, his name was Aiken. And uh, Aiken was like, a grandfather to us. Like he was just one of those guys. And I mentioned a few weeks ago that one of the things that I had seen in church was like an 80 year old man led to the altar by an eight year old girl. Mm-hmm. That was Aiken. Okay. Uh, and so he wasn't saved for a lot of his life. And when he got saved, he got saved. Like mm-hmm. God changed everything about him. And he was just the the most humble, joyful man ever. And he was such a, um, such a blessing to that church, such a blessing to my dad, to us. Um, he loved our son, you know, like a grandchild and, you know, we were really close. Mm-hmm. Well, he found out that he had uh, an, uh, an aneurysm that was going to need operated on. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't sure to, whether to go through the surgery or not. And finally he decided he was going to do it. So he goes through this very, very, very risky surgery that they didn't even know if he'd make it off the table from, and he makes it through it. Mm-hmm. we're like, man, this is great. Like God's got a plan. And then it wasn't very much longer that he found out that he had cancer, a uh, very, very aggressive cancer. And that was about the time that we were expecting our second child and we were getting ready to leave that church. Mm-hmm. And we just couldn't like, it wasn't the time yeah, because it was like, I can't leave with all this going on and with him. And, but after he passed, it was like, okay, that chapter has closed. It was really, really hard. We waited for a while and then it was like, okay, it's, it's really time for us to go. Yeah. Um, but you know, that was one of those things that honestly kind of gets into the next segment of things that you really don't understand mm-hmm. because it was like, man, he made it through, he made it through that surgery. He just got saved and he's got so much to offer. Yeah. And then it was like, and now he's gone. Yeah. Um, like we needed him, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that was, that was tough, but we left and we joined this church where we're still at. And um, immediately God started to show us things that we never would have seen where we were mm-hmm. and teaching us in a different way and to just give us an opportunity to listen and to be still. And so I, I never doubted that it was the right move, but still it was, it was scary. In, in the moment it can be yeah, stressful. It was, it was a lot. So that was a tough move. Uh, anything like that is is tough, but especially when God's, God's plan for your family is involved. Mm-hmm. It's a lot because, you know, we were taking our 
kids. At that point, we had both of our kids, and we were taking them away from my parents. And yeah, you know, like that was it was tough. But yeah, I imagine. But it's it's been good. So I'm I'm thankful that that we trusted God in that in the moment. And looking back on it, it's brought me and my parents closer. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's been a good thing, not a bad thing. Yeah. So when we take this after we come back from this break, we're going to talk about the times when God's plan doesn't seem to make sense. Yeah. So stick around. Those are things that I think we can look and say, okay, I I didn't see it at the time, but you know, jobs, um, changing churches, all these things seem to be sort of relatively low impact in regards to some of the bigger things, like the mic- harder things, micro versus macro. Yes, while job having a job is important, uh, if you hadn't got that one, God would have helped you find another one. The, all all those things are minor, but in the time they're big. And so mm. I think something that's cool is that God cares enough about those things, mm-hmm. but yet he still holds the whole world in his hands. Like, yeah, you know, the, the, the small things, he still looks out, you know, for the sparrow. So is there, are there things that, that you have a little more trouble putting in their place? <laughs> um, I think we're living through it. Yeah. Right now, this pandemic, this pandemic, the, and everything that's come from it, whether it be the, well, the, I mean, the pandemic just isolated on its own is something that few have experienced in the course of human history. Yeah. And we're, we're doing it right now. Mm-hmm. And there's people who, at this point, everyone's been affected by it in some way or mm-hmm. knows somebody who's been affected by it. Some, it's been, they got it, they got, they got the virus, they got over it. Other people have lost loved ones because of this. And you look on the news and you literally see like hundreds of people in our country a day are dying from this thing. Yeah. And there's been plenty of times where I'm thinking and I'm praying and I'm like, God, I don't know why this is happening. Yeah. And sometimes it's really, really hard for me to look at this and think something good is going to come out of this. I know that you can stop this, but for some reason you're not. Yeah. So help me to understand it, even if I don't know what it is. Yeah. I think we think our ability to accept something has to come from our understanding it. Mm -hmm. That's our human nature. I think we think, well, I need to know all the information. And once I can agree with it, then I can accept it. Yeah. And God's saying, no, you need to accept that I'm in control, even if you don't understand yeah. Or even if this doesn't get better, uh, you know, that the song that I think, you know, that mercy me song, you know, even if you don't, yeah, uh, you know, there's the scripture where, you know, those the three Hebrew boys are saying, you know, we know that he can do this, but even if he doesn't, we still believe. Yeah. And that's kind of kept coming up in our talks. Mm-hmm. Preparing for this was like, what do we do in those, even if he doesn't times, mm-hmm. uh, what do we do in those times where it just seems like we're almost going, God, are you even, are you even in this? Like, yeah. Are you looking over here right now? Because the world is a mess. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we're like, okay, you going to do anything or, you know, and it's, it's sometimes harder. Yeah. To trust when it seems like everything's just going to hell in a handbasket. Even our, I think even our church pastors have had a hard time. Well, and church is another thing I think with the pandemic is like you look and you say, man, it seemed like the church was doing so well. Mm-hmm. Like I think I heard our pastors and other pastors say that, like we were in a really good place. Yeah. And then COVID happened. 
and it just threw everybody out into the wind and yeah. some of them will never get back because you know they they found another place that was doing it differently or they mm -hmm. they got used to being at home and yeah. just watching virtually or yeah whatever you know insert the reason here yeah that we've all gotten thrown out into the wind and who knows what'll happen yeah and it, there was one time i remember one service that's hard to understand because we want to say God, don't you want us to all be here? Yeah, really. There was this one service in particular where our our pastor basically said, "When in the early in the early months of this, I was convinced that the reason why it was happening be, it was because of this reason." Yeah. And then he was like, "And I was wrong." Yeah. He said, "I thought, man, when we come back, like it is going to be a revival like we have never seen, and people are going to be just chomping at the bit to get in the doors." And then we opened the doors up and didn't have crickets. Yeah, I mean, people came back, but, but different. It was different. Yeah, it still is different. Yeah, we're we're scarred in a way. Yeah, so I don't understand it. Mm -hmm. um, but who's to say that the way that we're doing things in the American church was what he wanted in the first place? Like we're sitting here saying, "God, don't you need us to have a lot of people at church?" And he's like, "No, no, I sent my son." Mm -hmm. And as we mentioned before, he gathered multitudes. Yeah. And then preached until they all left. Yeah. Um, and when I don't need your crowd, uh, I need I need people who will follow for yeah. the right reason, not people who will just follow. It's like I don't need your crowds. I need your heart. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, that's that's a tough one. That's a that's about as macro as it gets. Yeah, that it, covers it's, everybody. It's, right affect, it's affecting the entire planet right now. So when we go. So if you're having questions about that, you are not alone. <laughs> yes, exactly. So when we go back to like a micro level and we think of like individual instances where something happened in our lives that just didn't, it didn't add up. It didn't make sense. Uh, whenever we lived at our old house, there was this really nice uh, couple with a young son that lived up the road from us. And this, the woman that was over there was just about as nice of a person as you could possibly imagine like there was never a time that we saw her when she wasn't in a good mood she was never like i don't even i don't even know if she was like stressed out about anything if she did if she was she had, did a great job never of showing it. it she never showed it and then one day she kind of came down with something i think it, i don't know exactly remember exactly what it was it could have been something like they initially thought was like strep throat or something like that and then it just advanced and turned into something completely different and then next thing you know, she's having brain swelling and they were basically like, they can't reduce. I think they even had to do surgery to basically like take out a part of her skull. So like, like the brain had brain somewhere to go. Yeah. And at some point they were basically like, she doesn't have a chance to come back. She yeah. was, and she was in her thirties. Wow. And she was, and she was gone. And then she passed away and we went to, her funeral and the way that they did the funeral, they just had one person after another come up and just, they said, if you want to say something about her, like now's your chance, like say, you know, tell us something about her that you think yeah. would enjoy here. And, and her husband got up there and, you know, God bless him for getting up there during that time. Cause I don't know if I would have been able to conduct myself with the points yeah. that he did. And he got up there and he said, you know, he had been married to her for a long time. He's like, as long as I've known her, she's never, uh, she's never raised her voice or swore or sworn. Hmm. It's like, she was that. And that she was that person and she was gone. And I'm thinking to myself, like, that was just one of those things where I'm just like, why her? Yeah. 
why why are you robbing the world of a person who had that much that much to offer that much goodness in them and, that and then much we, positivity and i'm sure people say well i guess god needed another angel yeah that doesn't help and, i mean yeah in those times it, like, yeah i mean it's i i understand the sentiment yeah. and the and the the meaning and the purpose yeah. of those statements but they and it really bothered jess a lot because jess was really you know became really close to her and having someone that nice that young taken that suddenly yeah really like rocked her a lot i don't know what his plan would be but you know we're just chess pieces that can't see outside of our own square yeah and there's he sees a, the whole and there's board. A, he sees the entire board and yeah. we can't see past any of that we've got this very small confined box that we're in and our life is in and we can't see what something like that could affect a generation down the road or another generation yeah. down the road. You know, we just see, well, you know, we see the now we see the now and we see, you know, how it affects us. Yeah, exactly. Those around us. Once again, why do good things seem or bad things seem to happen to good people? Yeah. Um, I think that's something that we may address in a near episode. Yeah. Uh, more in, in depth from that. But um, I, I kind of have something similar I guess, but kind of on the flip side of that. Mm -hmm. um, so as I've mentioned, I, I teach at this uh, community college and uh, I'm an HVAC instructor. And so uh, part of my job is to train these you know, young, younger and older people um, mm -hmm. alike uh, how to do a trade, uh, how to you know have a skill. Mm -hmm. And so then another part of my job is to try to help them uh, actually obtain a career, you know, to where they go out and they, they work. And so, as I mentioned before, I worked at this university as an HVAC tech before I started teaching. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there was a guy that had went through my program. And while he was there, he had struggled with some alcohol issues um, to the point that that I kind of noticed it um, outside of class. Um, I would talk to him or he would talk to me and I was like, something's not right. And then some of the other students started talking about it. And so we started being aware that he had something going on um and so i just called him out about it mm -hmm. and i was like hey man um what's going on yeah and he's like oh i don't know what you mean man i don't know what you mean and i said uh you're not fooling anybody mm -hmm. um here's what i think and you can tell me if i'm wrong mm -hmm. and i mean he just didn't say anything yeah and for like two weeks he just came to class and he left and this this man was probably in his mid-40s Mm -hmm. um, super nice guy. I would have never thought it in class, but yeah. when he would leave class, there was like a whole other world going on. And so like two weeks later, he approached me and he said, you know, that thing that you asked me about, you were right. Mm -hmm. He said, I just was so embarrassed. I couldn't, couldn't say anything. Yeah. And I said, well, I just know that this is an important thing for you to do this. And I don't want to see you mess it up over something like drinking. Mm -hmm. So let's get it under control. So I invited him to church and he came for quite a while. And then next thing you know, he kind of stopped coming. Um, he actually helped him get a position at the place where I, the university where I had worked before. Yeah. And so he was working, he was working with the support system that I had. So I knew he was with good people. Mm -hmm. Like I knew that he had good influences there and they liked him and he was doing a really good job. Um, so fast forward a few years and kind of, you know, still kept touch with him, but not a lot. And randomly, one week uh, I, I had heard through the grapevine from that job that maybe he had started drinking again. Mm 
mm-hmm. because from that point on, before he quit, he went cold turkey done. And he said, I'm, I'm doing this. Like I'm doing this to change my life. And this drinking isn't going to help. And he quit. So he, he stayed clean for a long time. And then finally it was like, he kind of fell back into it. And so I started hearing, you know, maybe he was having some issues with that. And he had a cousin who went to church where we go now mm-hmm. who showed up with him one day. And he said, Hey, look, who's with me today. I was like, Oh, wow. Yeah. Awesome. And he mm-hmm. goes, yeah, he's here. He's like, I don't know. I just had to kind of beg him to come. So he sat in church. I talked to him for just a minute. And I went and sat down, hoping that he would, you know, maybe make a confession that day and be saved. Mm-hmm. Service came, service went, nothing. Yeah. And the preacher preached right on the lines he needed to. You know, I was like, oh man, this is it. You know, mm-hmm. and he didn't go. Um, next Sunday comes and we have a little cafe there. And I look out in the cafe and he's sitting in the cafe by himself, mm-hmm. drinking some coffee. Yeah. So I went over and talked to him. And he said, well, I came back. By myself this time. Nobody had to make me. Okay, and good, so good, I was like, that's positive. awesome. Yeah. No kidding. <clears throat> I was like, this is going in the right way. So same thing. Service. Boom, boom, boom. No move. I was like, oh, man. You know, what's what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. I was like, well, he's getting close. A couple more weeks of this and he's going to go. Yeah. That afternoon, he went home. And from the best that I've heard, went home, sat in his chair and had a heart attack and oh, died. Man. Um just out of the blue, you know, it was like, yeah. And like, I can't help but think, man, like God, why then? Yeah. Like he was, he had, he went through so much. Like there were so many other times mm-hmm. that it would have made more sense. Yeah. But like, he was so close. Yeah. Like why now? You couldn't have tacked on a few yeah, more. Just another days. few more days. Like another, he was a couple almost more there. services. And- yeah. And it was just like, it, it just seemed, I don't know. It just seemed like you didn't get that happy ending that you wanted. Yeah, but I talked to his cousin later, and he said, "You know, he had actually called me that day and said that he was really, really thinking about what the preacher had said, and he was amazed that the sermon was so on line with what he was thinking." Mm-hmm. And he said he never told me that he'd gotten saved or that he was thinking about it, but he said I know he was thinking. Mm-hmm. And he said so. The only hope that I have, and he said I can't say that this happened because I can't. Yeah, was that maybe he made peace with God before he left, um, but. Man, I think how sad to leave it in a big question mark and say, you know, I hope yeah. he did. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but that one's always kind of haunted me because I'm like, maybe I could have done more. Yeah. Maybe I could have pushed him a little harder that day or whatever. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've got to, I guess, be okay with it and use that as a, as some motivation to, to reach other people and not wait and think, oh, everybody has another day. Yeah. Because I thought he was on the right track and then, you know, something else happened. So, yeah. You talk about being, you, ought to, you talk about having to just be okay with something. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the, one of the plans, once again, we're talking about plans here and, uh, my wife and I had a plan to right now we have one little angel that our daughter's eight and we had planned on having another one. And this coming fall, it'll have been two years since my wife miscarried and, when we found out that we were going to, it's like, it's like we were planning, but, and we, that was what we wanted, but we were still surprised when that little stick shows two lines Mm -hmm. and we were just kind of like, we were, we were happy about it, but we were also like kind of taken aback, kind of like we were the first time (laughs) it was like, it happened. And this is like, and then we were, and suddenly all of these thoughts go into your head. It's like, 
of and you start you immediately start planning in your head as soon yeah. as you know that that baby's coming and then i think within about a month probably within about a month or so it was before it was before we were going to find out the baby's sex like we hadn't found out if it was a boy or a girl or anything and i remember we were in we went to the we went to her doctor and i had ava with me and so jess went into the she went into the back to get examined and they wanted to check the baby's heartbeat and uh jess was like if uh and she, and she, I think she had had, like, she was reluctant to get too excited. Mm -hmm. There was something in her that would not let her get too excited yeah. about this. And she's like, if, if it's good news, if, if it's everything that goes okay, I'll have the nurse come and bring you back. And if not, I'll just text you. And Ava's sitting here like playing a game on uh, her, you know, playing a game or something. And then I, and then I, my phone vibrates and I look yeah. at it and she was basically like, just go out to the car. I'll be out there in a little bit. And I was just like, oh man. And so it was like, that was the plan, but our plan wasn't his. And we, we tried to wrap our heads around it and try to think why would that happen? And why did, did it not just become a successful pregnancy? And we have, and we have this new little one and Ava has a little brother or sister or something like that. And, you know, one of the things that the doctors told us is, was just like, you know, your body is designed to get rid of stuff that shouldn't be there or is going to harm it or something. And so there was something about this baby that your body rejected essentially mm -hmm. is what they were saying. So but that doesn't help. It doesn't really help. No. And so, so obviously, after that, it was just one, it's just one of those what ifs yeah. that we still can't quite get because it was something that it was something that we had wanted. It was something that we had planned for, but it was something that obviously wasn't in his plan for us. Yeah. Like we both, I, I think Jess came from a large household. She wanted a large house. She wanted to have a larger family, like, or at least a couple of kids. Like yeah. she wanted, she really wanted Ava to have a little brother or sister. I always thought, it would be cool for Ava to have a brother or sister. Cause when, before Ava was born, I thought I want to have two kids Yeah, and we've got one. Yeah. And that's okay. And it's kind of, it's gotten us to yeah. a point now where we're okay with it, but there was just a lot of time there where we were just like, we just, we just couldn't, it was a big, a lot of what ifs and a lot of whys. Well, it's okay. I think to, if you made that decision as your within your family to say, we only want one, mm -hmm. then it's okay to say, yeah, yeah, we're okay with that. Yeah. yeah because that was what you chose. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what this would be like. Um, mm -hmm. We've been blessed. We, we had trouble getting pregnant um, the first time. And that was a long process and not nearly as much as a lot of people go through, but still, um, you know, saw my wife broken, um, you know, for this baby that, you know, we didn't even know a baby that we, you know, didn't know if we could even have. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, and for me, it was bad because I hated to see her that way, but it's different, uh, for, I think for the mother, for sure. Yeah. Um, she'd waited her whole life for this. And, mm -hmm. you know, for me, it was kind of like, it was a cool idea, but 
Mm-hmm. You know, I hadn't really spent a lot of time thinking about it growing yeah. up as a, as a little boy, you know, out there playing trucks in the yard <laughs> yeah, and yeah. they're playing baby dolls. Um, but once we were able to, you know, we were blessed with two healthy boys and, you know, I, I guess it's easy to get caught up in thinking that that's the way it goes for everybody. Mm. And to think, well, we wanted two boys and we had two boys and that was our plan and that was God's plan. Mm -hmm. And I'm really glad that they matched. Yeah. And then I listened to that and I think, but what if they didn't? Mm -hmm. Like, what if God said, yeah, not right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I I don't know. That would be, that would be tough. And you know, you have to think, have you, is this something you've talked about much? I mean, we've, we've, I'm the fact that I'm, like I was aware of it. The but. fact that I'm the fact that I'm talking about it is a reflection of sort of how we've sort of come to the the point of acceptance that we've come with it. Because there was a point in time whenever, you know, it was not something that she wanted to talk about or with outside of our house. Yeah. Uh, and you know the thing that I and people get caught up in the blessings that they feel like God didn't give them and miss out on what he's already given them. Cause I mean, you think about like, we have our one awesome daughter. Yeah. Some people don't even get that. Yeah. Some people don't even, some people are the way that life works out for them. They're not even able to conceive at all. And then they have to go to, you know, fertility treatments or adoption. And sometimes those don't even, you know, the saying is look around. There's always somebody that, that has it worse. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't help. I don't think too much when you're in the moment of your worst moment. Yeah. And to look around and say, well, let's try to find somebody worse because that'll make me feel better. No, it won't. Mm-hmm. Um, like then you just, there's two people that are miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you have to be careful with that advice sometimes as we you know, kind of we talk, you know, yeah. we mean it comes from a good place, but, um, you know, the, you know, the thing to think that, well, it could always be worse almost then leaves you to think, oh, well then I can't mourn this. Mm-hmm. Uh, or like, you know, I, I think as I've mentioned, you know, one of our, one of our sons has some minor issues with some anxiety and some, um, uh, situational anxiety to where it, you know, kind of can be crippling to mm-hmm. a point. And, you know, I, I know people that have a lot worse. Yeah. Um, we have, uh, a girl that that uh, grew up uh, a little bit younger than me, uh, graduated a few years behind me. Mm-hmm. They've got uh, they're going through a situation right now with with their kids. They have seizures and um, a lot of uh, really you know severe issues that pretty much requires their full attention around mm-hmm. the clock. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know I look at that and I think, man, I don't even know if I should worry. Like I feel guilty then for even worrying about our small problem. Yeah. But you know, if his eyes on a sparrow, then his eyes on my situation and he's on your situation. Mm -hmm. It's okay to not, you know, I hate to use the word to feel sorry for yourself, but like, it's okay to, to mourn that even if there's people that are worse off, uh, that there's worse things that could happen. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a bad thing. Like that's a big thing. Mm -hmm. And, there's a lot of people that have been through what y'all been through and I don't know what that would be like. Yeah. And I hope I never do. And I hope that I know that you would say the same. You'd never wish that on anybody, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I've seen people go through it and 
I don't know. It, it's hard to understand how you could love somebody that you've never met um, until yeah. you become a parent or find out that you're going to become a parent. And then you look at God a little bit different and you say, I've never met him either. Yeah. But as much as you could love that unborn child, mm-hmm. um, it kind of gives you faith in, in the unseen, yeah. the unknown to think, I know that there's a child waiting for you all mm-hmm. in his arms in, you know, in, in heaven mm-hmm. that you haven't met yet. But as sure as I know that that child's waiting for you guys, mm-hmm. I know that there's a God that, that has it all that sees it all from where he's standing and is going to get something from it. What do you think we, we maybe come back for next week's episode and finish this up. Yeah. And we share some examples of times that maybe times that were just as hard. Yeah. But maybe through time or maybe even in the moment we saw maybe what God was going to get from it. Yeah. Better than we did in these examples. Yeah. Uh, Because these are some that I think we both still don't know yet. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes it's there, there are certain instances in your life where you're like, God, if there is a silver lining, I ain't yeah, seeing it. I need to see it. And, I, and like, then I think there's been a lot of things that we like, never thought I'd see a silver lining, but yeah, I kind of do. So honestly, we had a lot more planned for this episode, but it just feels like it needs to stop there for now. Yeah. Um, because I don't want to take away from anything that's been shared to this point, And I don't want to take away some of the stuff that, that we had, uh, to go with this. So I don't want to rush it. So yeah. hopefully maybe in this next episode, we'll get to share some of those because I think it's good to, to look back and say what I didn't, you know, what I didn't understand at the time, this is what was going on in somebody else's mind. Mm-hmm. And it helped ultimately lead them closer to God. Yeah. Um, so we want to share some stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so we're, so we're making this one a two parter on the fly essentially. Yeah. So uh, I would just, if you're, if you're listening, we really appreciate you taking the time to do so. And, um, and we're going to try to throw in a man. I wish that wasn't in the Bible because yeah. that's kind of get, kind of gets thrown to the end a lot of times when we run out of time. Yeah. And uh, maybe some face palms, <laughs> some uh, Jesus face palm, sometimes that, some conviction corner, yeah, some conviction corner as we yeah sort of started calling it too. So yeah. Um, look forward to that. Uh, hopefully this will pique your interest for another episode, but um, also hopefully it touches you as much as it's touched us, because I think this has probably been one of the heavier things that we've talked about. We don't throw ourselves out there lightly. Yeah. Uh, but we also, we want you to realize, we want everyone to realize that uh, there's sometimes times that we just don't, we don't know. Yeah. And we figure we can't be the only two yeah. that don't know sometimes. And so if you're listening to this, you're probably, you probably have been one of those people. So we, uh, like I said, this is, this has been a tough one. It's been a heavy one. Yeah. We, uh, and maybe by next week, if, if you could message us, uh, if there's something that you'd feel comfortable sharing that we could share on air, yeah, send us an email, send us a Facebook message. Send you know, if you know us personally, send us a, a, a text and just tell us, Hey, here's something I would like for you to share. I don't have the platform to share it. Never had the courage to share it before, but, uh, you know, some, something that maybe you've not understood or maybe 
something that you didn't understand at the time and God's shown you in the meantime. So if we have time next time, we might uh, read some of those. Thank you for listening to the Real Legend Podcast. We hope that something that was said today inspires you to come to know God in a real way. We would love to hear how God is using this podcast to help you on your journey. So email us at realigionpod at gmail.com. That's R-E-A-L-I-G-I-O-N pod at gmail.com. Or reach out to us on social media. Thank you for your support.